0: Good evening. Yesterday, we celebrated Palm Sunday and we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And we learned that and we saw that the people of Jerusalem and the Hebrew people were expecting a king, they were expecting a Messiah. But Jesus was not the kind of king, Messiah. That They were expecting they were expecting one who would overthrow the Romans who would kick them out of out of Israel and who would give them again? Their complete total freedom and independence and that's not the kind of king that Jesus was Jesus was not coming to be an earthly king He was coming to be the king of their hearts not the king of their nation and so we saw um, their reaction and What Jesus did after that and Matthew and Mark both tell a story and they both tell it from a little bit different point of view and we're going to read Matthew chapter 21 uh, verses uh, um, 12 through 19 and then we're going to take a look real quick look at Mark chapter 11 12 through 19 and we're going to see the differences in the way they presented this the differences are so minute that they really don't matter that much. But Matthew presents some of this as happening on the same day, on uh, Palm Sunday. And Mark puts both of these events, uh, the cleansing of the temple and the cursing of the fig tree, on Monday, the day after. And so, if, so um, Matthew chapter uh, 21, verses 12 uh, through 19. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, They were indignant or angry. And he said to them, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Then he went, he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. Now in the morning as he returned to the city he was hungry and seeing a fig tree by the road he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately, the fig tree withered away. Mark tells the story a little bit differently. And we read in, the, in uh, Mark chapter 11 about the triumphal entry. And then we start in verse 12 uh, and go on through 19, reading about the fig tree and the cleansing of the temple, which he puts in a different order than what Matthew put. Now, the next day, when he had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught them, saying... Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. And so if we go back to Matthew and we begin to look at Matthew there, um, we see that he had gone, uh, and we're going to go with the idea that Mark, you uh, know that it was on Monday that he was doing all of this. That he had gone back into the city uh, there on Monday. Um and whether the fig tree cursing came before he cleansed the temple or after it, uh, it, would, it would seem to me that if I'm walking there, I see the fig tree, I go to the temple, and then I come back out, and that's when we see that it had withered. But nevertheless, we're going to look at this in the order that we see it in the book of Matthew. Matthew 12, he went into the temple of God, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, and overturned the tables of those, uh, the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And in order to understand this and to see this, um, what we've got to understand a little bit about this temple is that... Um, that it was built in in different sections. Um, The temple, or the um, Holy of Holies, was uh, the smallest part. It was not quite in the center, but it was the furthest back, in the back of the temple. Um, And this was where, uh, at one time, the Ark of the Covenant was kept. It was where, um, when... God would show up at the temple. He would show up in the Holy of Holies, in a pillar of fire, and a pillar of smoke. It was where the uh, high priest would go one time a year to offer the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement for the sins of the people of, um, uh, of the Jewish nation, for the Hebrew people. This was where only one priest could ever go. Then there was the, um, uh, the inner court of the priests. And the priest could go there. The altar of burnt offering and the brazen laver and the uh, seven-branched lampstand and the altar of incense and the table of the showbread were all a part of this. And then there was the court of the Israelites. This is where the men could come. No women and no children could come here. It was the court of the, uh, of the Israelites. The men could come. The Jewish men met together for, uh, for worshiping and for learning. And then there was the third court, courtyard, the court of the women and the women uh, were usually limited to this part maybe every once in a while for worship they could go into the next part but um, they could um, enter the court of the Israelites when they came to make sacrifice for worship in a joint assembly or a great feast day and then outside of that bigger than all of that was the last courtyard it was the court of the Gentiles it was a huge vast space and this is where the Gentiles could come they couldn't go any further this is also where those who were lame and blind could come but they couldn't even get into the rest of the temple um, and this one was the courtyard that was the furthest removed from uh, the worship of God, the furthest removed from the holy of holies. Um, but yet, it was a space that was set aside for anybody to come to, anybody to come to. They could, they could. Um, Uh, come there to hear rabbis teach. They could come there uh, to even to beg. They could come there to talk and to discuss. They could come there in the hopes that somebody would come to the temple and that they could be healed. Um, And this is where uh, the priests and the uh, money changers set up shop. This is where they set up where they could sell um, the sheep and the doves for the sacrifices. Because you see, uh, during Passover week, Jerusalem would... um, would, uh, the population of Jerusalem would expand to sometimes around two million people. Two million Hebrew people would come there and, in, and some of them traveled a very long distance and they didn't want to carry with them or herd with them the sheep and carry the animals that would be required for all the sacrifices throughout the week and especially for the Passover sacrifice. And so what they did was they would sell something, they would have enough money so they could come into the temple and they could buy those animals that they could sacrifice there in the temple for that Passover. And so the priests uh, would make some money out of doing this. And eventually it got so that there were so, much, so many people that were coming in and so many people selling uh, um, animals and doves and, and changing money from one kind to another that, um, that, that it was too crowded. It was too crowded for the Gentiles to come to. Oh, the other courts were open and clean. They were ready. You could go into the the court of the women. You could go into the court of the Israelites. The priests could go into their court, but this one was so crowded that you could hardly get in there. This was the one where the people would come to try to get closer to God, even those who were, by some, considered unclean. Court of the Gentiles. And yet it was so crowded that they couldn't even get in. And so what was happening was the priests... The priests who were supposed to be helping people get to know God and helping people get to God were by their very actions causing people to not be able to know God because these people couldn't get into the place where they would come to worship God. And so Jesus went in and he began to turn over the tables and drove them out. And and he looked at them and said, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So he cleaned the area out, chased them away, and then... Let me see what happened. Once that area was cleaned out, once it was ready, once all the, the animals were gone, then it says this, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, in the temple, in the Gentile courtyard. And what does it say that he did? He healed them. He healed them. And and you would think you would think that the chief priest would be happy about this because now these people can worship God and their sacrifices would would even benefit the chief priest even more. But no, that's not what happened. When the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and I want to want to um, uh, hit that word that that idea of of a wonderful thing, the wonderful things that he did. Um, were, were the healing, the healing and the, the helping others come to God because now they could get into the temple. Um, and so these wonderful things were um, the works that Jesus did and this phrase, wonderful things, is used only one time in the New Testament and this is the place, the wonderful things that Jesus did. And so um, uh, Jesus proclaimed his house, his temple, to be a house of prayer for all people. And it included the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And because of what was going on, they, the Gentiles were not able to get in um, to this house of prayer to worship God. And so these two things happened when he cleansed it. One, they were able to now come into the temple to worship God. And Jesus, get this, Jesus was able to take his rightful place in the temple. He was the one now that the people were looking to. He was the one that, uh, because you hear the children saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were looking to him as the Messiah. They were looking to him. Uh, and, and whether they really understood all of the, um, the truth about Jesus as Messiah or not, they were saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Now, it's interesting that, um, that they possibly were some of the children who were walking with their parents into Jerusalem on that triumphal Sunday on that Sunday when Jesus, the Lamb of God, went into Jerusalem to be seen as that Lamb that would become the Passover Lamb. And so, uh, so they heard what was going on and now they were repeating what the others said. It's interesting though, uh, and they say, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus, <laughs> the, the chief priest said, do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus said to them, yes, yes. I love that, he could, he could have stopped there, Yes. Yes would have been enough. I hear it, and I'm not going to stop it. Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Isn't that interesting? You know, when you walk um, and you see little kids, and they look up at you and they smile, they don't do it most of the time because they want something. They don't look at you and tell you, "Uh, ladies, how pretty your outfit is. Because they want something. They don't look at you and say, I love you, because they want something from you. They look at you and say those things quite simply because they meet them. And that is that is what was going on here in the temple. They were crying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Not because they wanted something out of Jesus, like the people that were shouting it on the road coming into Jerusalem. They were saying it because they believed it. Because People were being healed because Jesus was doing something amazing that had never been done before, some wonderful things that he was doing in the temple. And I look at all of these things, and I think quite simply, that as we get closer to Easter, as we get closer to the resurre- or to the crucifixion and to the resurrection, I wonder about our actions. You know, are we more like the chief priests who push people away and keep people from believing in God? Or are we like the children who, um, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, uh, God has perfected praise. Is he perfecting our praise? Or are we being used pushing people away? Or are we being used praising God and praising Jesus the way that we really ought to? Um, The the next thing that happened here was... um, was the cursing of the fig tree uh, and um, and Jesus saw it and he was hungry he wanted something to eat and there were only leaves on it and he said let no fruit grow on you ever again it's interesting because uh, there's so many things we could learn from that one of them is that, that that God Jesus had the power to do that and the other one is that the Jewish nation particularly the chief priests were were so corrupt in their thinking and in their teaching that there was no true fruit growing on their vines and what was going to happen eventually was they were going to lose all of that they were going to be cut off and and their witness for God wasn't going to happen anymore wasn't going to be of any value they weren't going to bear any fruit anymore um, and they didn't need to because Jesus Christ was going to be the one true sacrifice that would save the people from their sins. Father, I thank you for this day and for this week. God, I pray that as we look into the different days and the different events of the last week of Jesus' earthly life, that it will be a time when we can be drawn closer to you, when we can more closely and intimately understand what Jesus did for us and what he went through for us and the great sacrifice that you made when you sent your son to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.